This second episode of Curbside Manor sheds light on a perspective that is unfortunately quite rare. That of someone who has found their path out of drug addiction and homelessness. Although he admits that each day is still a battle with himself. Ennis spent decades of his life fighting drug addiction and falling in and out of homelessness. After recovering from his addiction, he became a substance abuse counselor and later a community program manager at the Mission Neighborhood Resource Center. However, he's left the Resource Center since our conversation. Ennis is passionate about telling his own story, one of success, but one that does not follow a straight line, as he says. I tell my daughter this too. Um, life is not a straight line. Some people may be a straight line, but most of us alcoholics and um, homeless people is definitely not a straight line. And I said, well, I'm just really just really a little of Catholic way, way worse. I think um, I want to be like Michael Jackson of substance. As with any conversation, Ennis expresses his opinions, which are based on his own lived experience. They may and will differ from others that I interview, but I think these perspectives matter, all of them. The last thing I'll say, I promise, is that when Ennis talks about getting loaded or being loaded, he's talking about using drugs.
some things. I mean, I'm not the worst person in the world, but I did some things that um that that I probably should not have done. And um, some was on this block. I mean, because back in the um, I say early early nineties, late eighties, um, um, you know, this used to be notorious as a um, as a um, women of the night strip from fifteenth to probably about twentieth. Oh, wow. But this but this block this block was the main block, I guess, because he turned right off sixteenth or whatever. And so this happened to be where a lot of the main action would be if you were coming this way, you would definitely come down this block first, or mm -hmm. you would come down this block eventually. Um, I, you know, I went through what I went through, um, but now being 64 years old, um, you know, it's I, I look at life totally, I look at life differently than when I was 20 and 30. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a whole bunch of different thoughts than when I was 23. Now, at the, now, you know, I feel like I'm definitely I'm on the downward side, and so um, I've gotten into a position where I found a job because most of my life I felt insecure, and and I still feel insecure, but I've I've gotten into a position where I really know it. I I, I know this, I mean, I, again, I'm not like, um, you know, um, a, 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 a gangster, never was a gangster, never, you know, um, you think God shot people and stuff, but I wasn't a choir boy either, so, um, even though I was an altar boy in Catholic school and I won a award as being the best altar boy. So um, I was a choir boy, but I was an altar boy. And I was a good altar boy after, um, see, when I first started in fifth grade, you had to say in Latin. Okay. And then, and then in sixth grade, they changed to English. But anyway, that's going back a long way. Um, and so, so I, I, I veered off um, a lot. But where I'm at now, I'm um, I feel like it's all meant to be because when I talk to people, I know that I can um, identify, I can identify with anybody that's homeless, and I can identify with anybody on drugs, uh, and and for that it gives me the confidence to be able to do what I do, which I'm happy for because a lot of times, again, um, I, had, I had low self-confidence and that's why I drank and did drugs and, and felt insecure and I have to watch that even now because now when I feel insecure, I can, um, you know, I still got some bad, um, I, I don't want to say bad, I still got some, you know, I know about uh, um, my mind and addiction um, as far as when I want to feel good, I want the endorphins working some type of way. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think, 
I'm not good at a lot of different things, but I think I'm a great substance use counselor and homeless person. Mm -hmm. I think um, I want to be like Michael Jackson of substance use. My regret is, is that I wish I was younger and I had the degrees I had and I had an opportunity to, to, to battle my way up, up further. Mm -hmm. um, because I was thinking, you know, I've been here 40 something years. I got here out of the Navy at 23, and so now I'm 64. So I've been here 40 years. And sometimes I think, you know, well, you know, I wasn't born and raised. Some people have been born and raised here. But my adult life, has, has really been here. I mean, I grew up as a uh, kid in Seattle and high school in Seattle and as a young uh, adolescent. But my adult life has been here. And so I know as much about this city than, you know, than, you know, than even a person that was born here as far as being an adult. Mm -hmm. And I said, so I'm, I'm just really just really a little or Catholic, whatever, wayward. <laughs> um, but I do feel that that I that I'm destined that um that everything see everything everything I did in the past and I'm you know like I said have regrets for or didn't do the right way. Everything I've done comes into play now. Mm -hmm. You know all all the things that you know I got drunk and pissed on myself and and and, and um got robbed and, and so on and so on and so all the things that I don't even want to talk about or think about it's an asset now mm -hmm. it's an asset mm -hmm. it's an experience other people don't have yeah. and I have decades of being in shelters mm -hmm. it's not like I was in shelters and at 20 or 30 or 40 I was in shelters at 50 mm -hmm. so um and I have November. I have five years. So five years ago, at fifty nine, I was getting loaded. Wow. So um, I, you know, so I, I'm, 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 I'm grateful. Yeah. I'm grateful. Okay. Yeah. cycle but how are there ways that we can do better as a society to helping people come out of that and um, reintegrate into jobs and uh, lives like the one that you have now mm -hmm. well homeless I mean homelessness or addiction is, 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 a, is a state of mind more so than a physical thing um, and a lot of people being all right with who you are is really difficult because first of all, every time I would get clean, or most of the time I get clean, I wouldn't have anything. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have you know sixty pairs of shoes. I wouldn't have um, clothes. I wouldn't have a girlfriend. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have so I would feel miserable. Mm -hmm. But I have to go through that misery. Mm 
And so treatment programs usually could help me go through that misery, being around other people that didn't have anything, but were trying to get clean. Mm -hmm. And so this last group around, and maybe those not a straight line, I was in a treatment program. I tell my daughter this too. Um, life is not a straight line. Mm -hmm. Some people may be a straight line, but most of us alcoholics and um, homeless people is definitely not a straight line. And so, you know, we, we want to go straight from being homeless to working. And usually it's a, you have to get your mind right before you work. And so the treatment program would do that for me. But I got cursed, like usual, sent my way. And, um, and I don't mean to make my by saying the curse, excuse me, son. My son was murdered. Uh, at 21, and so I, I left the program earlier than I should have, still mourning him, and stayed with my now fiance, um, and I, I just start, I started using until she um, put me, she put me out, and I went and stayed on my daughter's couch for a whole year. Um, every time I get a check, I got two, three checks a month, so two unemployment checks and then one um, SSI check. I would get loaded and I'd be broken three, three days after I got the money. And so I did that for, because she was staying with a boyfriend, so I would, she wanted me to get high there, but I'd go to my, um, the mother of her, mother of my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and stayed in the same complex mm -hmm. and got high with her. And I did that for, like I said, a whole year. And eventually I was able to, um, but through that time though, I was going to the library because I was doing online classes. Oh, wow. And the library was my um, sanctuary. Mm -hmm. And I would go there sometimes and I would cry on people's shoulders and stuff. And they knew about my son passing. And that was my, um, that was my, reprieve I had you know where I didn't have to worry about somebody talking crazy or whatever and you know I came friends with a lot of people mm -hmm. at the library and so um, during those days uh, the two or three days six nine days of the month that wasn't loaded um, I um, was able to get into housing wow. for, for being a vet I would tell my it's at the vet center and even if not affiliated with the veteran, but it's 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 a vet center, so it helps out veterans. Um, I was telling you, if I say best decision I ever made was going to the VA because at at 64 I got out at 23 I'm still getting um, help and mm -hmm. went through therapy. I still have my medical because I like people I've been dealing with them, um, and I got housing through. Um, wow. the vet, being a veteran. And so they gave me a housing right about four blocks from here. And I went into that and I wanted to stay clean for about three, four months. And I started getting loaded. So I was getting loaded inside and I wasn't losing my place. So that was good, but I wasn't getting any better. It's funny, I'll never forget what really made me stop using them. Now, it's November. And I looked at a Christmas present that I had opened. A Christmas present from 11 months earlier. So I just let it sit there. And it was from a brother. And it was a beautiful giant's jacket or whatever. 
and he's such a nice guy. And I said, I'm going to buy him a Warriors coat for Christmas. But that meant that December 3rd, when I got my check, I know if I got high, I was going to spend all the money. So that means I need to stay clean December 3rd, buy the coat, and then, you know, make it to January 3rd. So I didn't use December 3rd, made it to and you know, got on the coat, bought on the coat, then January 3rd came, and I said, well, I don't know how I said it, but I said, I probably said, you know, I have a month clean, let me try to stay clean. Sure. And so I stayed clean, and I had two months, and then I had three months. I've been going to therapy regularly five, six years. Wow. Um, and and when I was going to therapy early on and I was using, I remember the therapist telling, asking the supervisor, you know, what good are they doing? And I told her that that was after I moved, because after I moved from my daughter's couch to up here four blocks, I really didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't have a library. Um, I didn't have a library to have a to So. The therapist was the only sane person I could talk to. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of what a person needs, I think a person needs to have some sane person that's their regular talk to. Because usually when I'm using, I am around people that are using too. Mm -hmm. Or people that, and their mind is not, not all there. Mm -hmm. um, like mine would not be all there. And so... Um, so were you seeing the therapist while when you decided to stop using? Yeah, mm -hmm. and I said I was seeing the therapist even when I was using. But then when I um, when I when I went through that November and December, I was still seeing her, and I've seen I've been seeing her um for five years now wow. that, um, that I've been clean. Five years in um, November, you know, there's a lot of um, different aspects that goes into. People um, not being homeless, mm -hmm. um, you know. Um, some of them think God I didn't have. Um, like most of the time, I was motivated. I could find some type of motivation, but there were there would be different reasons I could come out of it. Um, you know, I could simply just come out of it just by saying, you know, I'm tired. about, you know, early on, my children were young, mm -hmm. younger, and, um, and um, I would want to be with them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so when I, as a counselor, I try to befriend the individual and find out what motivates, what, what they really care about. Mm -hmm. Because, like I said, it's not really so much about the home or, you know, you can, you know, get somebody a structure. But if you don't, if they don't have it in here, they may lose it, or you you could you could um have direct deposit for the rent so that you can keep them housed. But you know, I could you could be housed and still um smoking drugs every time you get a paycheck. So the quality of your life is not that great. Sure. Even though as a society we might be happy and it's better to be housed than not housed. But 
I think we want to try to we try to deal with the whole person. Mm -hmm. And um, and so people have to be a person has to be motivated or has to have some desire that why they should want to not be home. Mm -hmm. This keeps coming up in my conversations with people who work in the field of combating homelessness. If someone doesn't have the motivation to get a job, get clean, or turn their life around, there is little that a counselor or provider can do for them. But how do we build this motivation, this resilience in people? How do we encourage people to strive towards a better quality of life? no matter how hard you try. Yeah. 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 
But I, you know, I have a lot of different thoughts on that. That this that comment because what's innocently and what's um, because what my mindset tells me, I should be innocently from nine to five, mm -hmm. and after five, not think about it and go home. But it's my choice to think about it after five. Yeah. And that part I'm not good at. People that are former alcoholics or addicts end up having that kind of attachment because that's where they came from. Sure. And yeah. so, yes, it's hard for me to detach when I'm working with somebody and I build a connection. Personal challenges, such as depression, addiction, and the premature death of his son, sucked him into a cycle of homelessness that permeated decades of his life. With the help of his therapist, Veterans Affairs, his community at the library, but mostly his will to live better, he found the motivation to find a better quality of life. And now he strives to help other people find theirs. Working with people experiencing homelessness is hard. Can you just turn off your empathy at the end of the workday? We need to build more resilience in people who are struggling to find shelter or stay clean in the face of adversity. But we also need to figure out how to build this mental toughness in the staff, counselors, and providers who care for people experiencing homelessness so that they can help their clients and patients find motivation, just like Ennis did. Thank you to Ennis and the Mission Neighborhood Resource Center. This is Curbside Manor.